Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast, which is one of, if not the, let's just go with one of, the most important episodes I've ever done on the podcast. And that's because it is all about maintenance. And I've said it before, and I will no doubt say it again, the definition of a successful diet isn't how much weight you lose in X weeks, it's how much you maintain a year later, six months later, for the rest of your life. Most people do not have a weight loss problem, they have a weight loss maintenance problem. So if you've got to the point in your diet where the goal is now maintenance, I have two things to say to you. One, well done, and two, welcome to the hard part and welcome to the rest of your life. Most people assume that losing fat is the hard part, it's not. And to prove this, most people listening have successfully lost fat before. Now, I'm, I'm hoping that you're nodding along. Thus, you don't have a fat loss problem. You have a fat loss maintenance problem. And there are numerous psychological and physiological reasons for this. But the point I want to make before we get on to the rest of those things is getting to this point and then maintaining your results is the real goal. It's not just getting here. Getting here is just the first step. It's no good losing weight and then regaining it again and again and again, getting stuck in this yo-yo cycle that so many people are stuck in. A successful diet is losing the weight and then maintaining the results that you've achieved. And that's why on Commit to Six, on the EC method and on our one-to-one coaching, we are all about maintaining results. It's not just a six or eight or, you know, whatever, three month fat loss phase and then like, see you later. And then you end up coming back when you've regained all the weight. We want this to be the last diet that you ever do because you finally get the result and you also have the knowledge and the support required to then maintain them. One point I think it's really important to make about maintenance is that maintenance isn't all that different to your dieting. Now, I often have clients who are like, I just want to lose the last two pounds and then I'll go to maintenance. And it's often like this weird concept of like, it will be so much easier once I've lost those two pounds, then I'll go to maintenance. Like not that much is going to change. And not that much is going to change with the loss of those extra two pounds. And maintenance likely isn't that different than your current diet, unless you're in a very aggressive dieting phase. And by this, I mean... The vast majority of women that I work with will need something that's sustainable that they can stick to while they live their lives. That's basically, for the vast majority of people, my coaching approach. Now and again, I'll do something aggressive with someone if it's appropriate, but broadly, this is the way that I work. That means that you're going to be in a moderately, um, in a in a quite a small deficit. In a well, not a small because again. I don't like the narrative of like, go in the smallest deficit possible. Like, no, you don't want to prolong fat loss. Like a moderate deficit, but still a deficit that's actually going to allow you to see results so that you have the motivation to maintain doing the actions that require further fat loss. If you're in such a small deficit that you actually don't really see any results, it's very hard to stay motivated. So you're probably going to be in a moderate deficit. And the second side of the reason for this is that most people get bored while they're dieting and I think that's because they try and put their life on hold while they diet. 
whereas my whole approach is you get to live your life while also as a bit of a side note a side hustle if you will I think Chloe put it that way on one of our lives you're also losing body fat like it shouldn't take over your whole life and that's where people trip up because then of course you're annoyed that you've not got results quickly because you you know you're sacrificing a lot in order to get them and they're not coming as quickly as you wanted that's frustrating as hell whereas if you're like oh I'm just living my life the way that I want to live it anyway and also I'm losing body fat at the same time that's a lot easier to take so back to my point you're in a moderate deficit you're coming towards the end of your diet you've maybe got a couple of pounds left to lose the situation you're in is that by the end of your diet because your weight has gone down because fat loss was the goal and now you're a smaller person your energy expenditure will have likely also gone down or at least the contribution to your total daily energy expenditure from basal metabolic rate because that is largely dictated by the size of person you are by how much ma ma by how much ma by how much mass you have so smaller people require less calories it's not metabolic damage you've not done anything wrong it's just a fact of life right there is less tissue to maintain thus you need less calories i know shocking and this usually looks like if i was putting someone in a small-ish deficit maybe it'd be a 20 percent deficit but then by the end of the, di- the diet maybe they're only in like a 15 to 20 percent deficit and depending on how much you weigh and how much is lost during the diet then you may be in an even smaller deficit than what you started on this usually means that the difference between fat loss calories and maintenance calories might be something like 200 200 why am i saying speaking so weird might be something like 200 odd calories right it's not a huge amount of calories and it's not wildly different like adding 200 calories to your diet isn't overhauling your diet maintenance isn't like that much different than than being in a a deficit right that might be the extent of the difference towards the end of your diet now for some people there will be quite a big difference because they've been in a very big deficit so say you're in an 800 calorie deficit a day like that that might look like a big change to your diet most people won't be doing that and if they are then you kind of have to have two quite distinct dying phases there's like the losing of fat which is very restrictive and probably requires quite a lot of sacrifice and then there's the learning how to maintain it whereas when you take a slower approach but you live your life while you're losing fat so you're not really waiting for anything you're just getting on with your life while you're also in a bit of a deficit using up some of that stored energy that you've acquired from you know consuming a little bit too much food like you know that is literally as simple as it is i don't know what my point was there now (laughs) i think i was gonna say oh no it's gone oh yeah you won't be in that much of a deficit by the end of your diet there won't be that much difference is basically just adding in a couple hundred calories now i remember coming from a deficit to maintenance and i just added in two pieces of toast before bed like that was that was the difference i know it's not the most exciting thing but um that's the reality of the difference you have to maintain the actions that got you the fat loss if you want to maintain the fat loss most of the time um Please note that what I'm talking about here, because I know a lot of people are like, right, so Emma said that you just need to add 200 calories on or this, it's going to look different for everybody, right? This is what coaching is about. I know everyone wants exact figures, but you cannot give them. And if anyone is giving you exact figures, they are wrong, end of. So 
these are average figures and it won't be exactly this and there is no set rule because it's dependent on you your size the size of deficit you're in but what I will say is a bit of a ballpark is that for most clients who are not doing a very aggressive diet I will bring their calories up by about 10% initially and then usually add like one to 200 calories after a week or two now this isn't reverse dieting them back up to slowly ramp up their metabolisms again. It's for psychological reasons. The 10% increase will usually still have them in a very slight deficit, but it allows them to get used to eating at maintenance, to eating a little bit more, to not freaking out that they might gain fat at maintenance. By the way, by definition, you cannot gain fat at maintenance. The aim is to consume the same amount of calories as you expend, right? So there's going to be no excess calories left to be stored as fat. Now, that doesn't mean that your weight won't fluctuate because your weight will always fluctuate no matter what, whether you're losing weight, gaining weight, staying at maintenance, your weight will still fluctuate. So still expect to see these fluctuations on the scales. That's another kind of misconception that like you'll hit your your goal weight of 60 kilograms and you'll stay at exactly 60 kilograms for the rest of your life if you're good at maintenance you'll have like a ballpark figure that you kind of like float around a little bit. And remember that much like fat loss, your calorie targets would still be the average over the week. So the same is true when you're at maintenance. You don't need to be eating the exact amount of energy that you expend every single day because that would change every single day. And you couldn't be accurate doing that anyway. So you're still looking at focusing on the weekly average. And I thought this would be quite useful. So I thought maybe a little bit of practical application here. This is a few questions that I was asked about maintenance recently. And it says, good morning, Emma. I wonder if you can help. I'm a long-standing listener to the podcast and was part of the EC method. I've got a few questions if that's okay. Well, yes. Yes, on this occasion, it is. So one, how do you know when you've reached your goals? I think I have. Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm five foot four, 59 kilograms. There's still some fat. I've got a little mum tum and fat around my thighs. But I think losing more weight will just make me a smaller version of my, of, uh, of slightly flabby. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to uh, basically take from this, how do you know when you've reached your goal? Like, how do you know when to stop losing fat and move to maintenance? And there's two things I like to consider here. One, are you in a healthy BMI range? And I say that with some common sense, right? Now, obviously, if you're like, oh, I'm a, I'm an elite wrestler or power lifter, or I've got like an excessive amount of muscle mass, this doesn't apply to you, right? But actually BMI plus common sense is quite a good indicator. And remember like, it's not a specific BMI, it's a BMI range. So you wanna have this like, range that you're you're in this healthy BMI range um so that would be the first thing because that's so so important for your health the second thing is I would stop losing body fat when the benefits of continued fat loss are simply not worth the cost of continued fat loss anymore so you will get to a point where you've put have to put more and more work in for a smaller and smaller reward so if that doesn't make much sense like as an example let's say you have a hundred pounds of fat to lose 
the effort required to lose one pound is absolutely worth it. Now, when you only have five pounds of fat to lose, the effort required to lose that same one pound is much more and the benefit is much less. So now you have this cost benefit ratio that is not in favor of losing more body fat. And where this lies isn't a definitive like BMI number or body fat percentage. This will look different for everyone depending on their goals, depending on their values, depending on how they like to live their life. This is why we have everybody journal because it's not like I'm gonna be like, oh, you've reached this body fat percentage which I can't accurately measure anyway, this is where you're going to maintain, end of. It's like everybody's different. You might still have, you know, a couple of pounds left to lose and what, whether you, wherever you've plucked that arbitrary number from, but you might decide, actually, it's not worth it for me anymore. The effort required to lose that extra weight, it's just not worth it for me anymore. And that's actually a really empowering thing. When you let go of this goal that you don't really want that much. And this happens a lot, especially towards the end of a diet. One, because of what I've just said, it's now harder for continued fat loss. You have to put in more effort. But secondly, they don't want it that much. Like you're so close to your goal that you're like, oh, like is my, like realistically part of you, even subconsciously knows losing those two pounds isn't going to make any difference. Like, so there's no real drive to put in the effort. And then what does happen is that you beat yourself up constantly because you've got this goal that you're holding on to that you're not reaching. And that is really fatiguing, holding on to a goal that you don't really care about that much. So having that realization, which usually happens through a bit of journaling, do I really want to continue to lose fat or am I ready to maintain where I'm at? That can be really powerful. So you have to consider when you're thinking about cost benefit, like is losing another two pounds going to mean that you're miserable or you miss out on social occasions or you feel overly stressed to the point that it's impacting how you show up at work or how you show up to your family or your performance in the gym then it's probably not worth it but if you feel good and you're happy to keep going and you're living your life while you're also losing a bit of fat and you don't really mind how long it takes you're not putting a huge amount of pressure on yourself or you're happy to make a couple of sacrifices and say no to that second social occasion because do you know what? Some people don't massively enjoy those things. I don't know if I'll be... Mm, can I say this? I think I can say this. Someone I know, I won't... Um, I'll only identify them that far, was invited to this wedding recently and he didn't want to go. Now, this is someone that he's known from uni and wasn't really that close friends with and was actually quite surprised to be invited to the wedding. And it was a, a long way away. And anyway, he said that he couldn't at the moment and he was busy with work and he had to be somewhere else and the guy replied being like one day you'll realize there's more to life than work and it just made me think like like completely true like there is more to life than work but it's not your wedding that I didn't want to go to anyway this isn't actually me by the way but it could quite easily be me <laughs> I think and that it's like yeah there absolutely is and if it was a wedding that I really wanted to go to I could absolutely go but also yeah not that one not that one um anyway another way to think about this is that second social occasion or this is a bad example as well because you can go to social occasions and not overeat on calories right woohoo like do realize that as well like you'll have just as good a time if you're not absolutely wasted or you didn't eat you know a huge meal and you just ate three quarters of what was on your plate because that's what was in line with your goals but sometimes saying no to I don't know the third night out of the week is actually saying yes 
to reaching my goals this week and you have to frame it like that so it's not just otherwise you feel quite deprived like oh, I'm saying no to this I'm saying no to the cake I'm saying no to I don't know the extra drinks I'm saying no to going on a boozy weekend or are you actually saying yes to achieving your goals that's how you have to think about it and no matter what you decide just make sure that it's a conscious decision and not one you will regret like missing a wedding because you're worried that you won't hit your exact calories in your meal or you won't know how many calories are in that meal that is a silly decision and then the second question here is if I go to maintenance calories and continue to lift three times a week and get my steps and on average 11,000 to 12,000 a day can I still change how I look even if the scales don't change how long should I expect this to take I can be impatient so a ballpark figure would be helpful to manage expectations okay so two parts of this can you build muscle and maintenance yes can you change the way that you look at maintenance via body recomposition yes it is impossible to say how long it will take because there's so many in fact so many factors including things like training age experience programming sleep quality nutrition protein intake recovery rates genetics exercise response probably missed a few if i was pushed for a figure i would say get your head down and train hard for six months and you'll likely look different however if you've already been doing that for years then you're probably not going to look that different like i think i probably look quite similar most of the time like i don't think my muscle mass changes that much mainly i mean i could probably train a bit harder i mean i definitely could i only do very short sessions now partly to do with my values and where i want to spend my time so it's a conscious choice and also maintaining muscle is easier than building it now would i like to build muscle yes but would i like to build muscle more than i want to build my businesses at the moment no which means that i have made choices that are in line with what goals i have at the moment Okay, and the third part to this question, how do I find my maintenance calories? Obviously, I'm very wary of gaining and I will still track as I find as soon as I don't, my eating habits are not as good and I don't hit my protein or even my fruit and veg. So I track for health. So I've explained kind of how to find your maintenance calories above, but do remember these fluctuate, right? So if you start moving more or you start moving less, then your maintenance needs will also move up or down like I think people really get stuck around this but maintenance calories are just the amount of energy that you expend that day or you know on average again because you don't want to get fixated too much we don't even have the data right and if you're looking at your apple watch and saying I've burnt 221 calories today 200 <laughs> that would be a very small movie 2221 calories today that's exactly how much I'll eat like one tends to overestimate two you just don't need to be that pernickety and three, it's inaccurate anyway, so it's probably not going to end very well. But you need a ballpark figure. And I've kind of suggested how to do that above. But again, like if you were in a really aggressive deficit and you just increased by 10%, you're still going to be in a massive deficit anyway. So that's not going to work for maintenance. This is where, you know, having a coach is actually quite useful. Would highly recommend if you're interested, esgfitness.co.uk. Fill in the application form and I'll email you. God, that was smooth, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah. Mm, well done me. Okay, so you certainly, the other point I want to make here is that you really don't have to track, nor would I recommend doing it long term. 
there are simply way more useful things that you could be doing with that brain power in that time and yeah it's I would give yourself instead things like non-negotiables right I'm gonna eat three to four protein servings a day by this point you know what 20-25 grams of protein looks like if you've been tracking even for more than a couple of weeks like you know you're just leaving the sat nav on even though you know where you're going you don't need to do it and then give yourself a target of five fruit and veg a day minimum again you don't need to track that if you want like a little middle ground you could start just tracking that okay breakfast I had this like that hit my protein target then I had a protein bar that hit my protein target then at lunch I had some chicken that hit my protein and then like I've had these five fruit and veg as well so you can tick them off but just try and move away from like the over analyzing of your food intake I don't think it's healthy long term you don't need to be tracking all of it and then maybe what I would say having said all that is that initially it's quite useful to track to kind of try and find that like sweet spot of where maintenance is and remember this will fluctuate a little bit as well and you can course correct right so if you're like oh I have noticed I've put on a little bit of body fat well that's not a problem anymore because you know how to lose it right and you're not going to wait three months until you've put on a lot of body fat you can be like oh, oh I think I am putting on a little bit do you know what I'll do I'll just tweak my diet slightly you know I'll just stop putting so much butter on my toast maybe I'll just have the usual two pieces of toast instead of four like little that you cannot normally see that these things are happening that these things are creeping up and instead of waiting until you put on a ton of weight and then jumping back on this yo-yo dieting cycle you just make tweaks and those tweaks are tweaks you'll have to make for the rest of your life it's completely normal that most people will put on a bit of weight in the winter especially over christmas that's not something to freak out about you don't need to jump on another really restrictive diet afterwards or cleanse what you could do is just be like huh I'm just going to tweak things. In fact, I did that after Christmas. I put on a bit of weight and I was like, I'm going to do 30 days of just nothing overly restrictive, but just ticking the boxes, just being consistent and holding myself accountable for 30 days. And hey, presto, went from not really having abs to having shredded abs again. And that's like, that's completely doable. But that's, those are the kind of little tweaks you'll have to make ongoing for the rest of your life if you want to maintain your results. So whether you track or not, this is another really important point and actually something that people always screenshot in EIQ because they're like, oh, wow, such an obvious statement, but it really does highlight something. Whether you track or not, your body will account for it. And this is the quote that most people screenshot. Your body is the most accurate food diary that you'll ever keep. Like it doesn't lie, right? You can't store calories that you haven't consumed. That And and so if you're putting on weight, then you are in a surplus that's not coming from nowhere and that should be quite empowering of like okay then I just need to figure out why and how to change that um and then the last part of this just said maintenance is hard I'm trying to get my head around maintenance is not just eat whatever the f you want this is very common and we often often when people increase their calories it's actually a little harder to stick to your calorie target and this is for numerous reasons but most notably one is having a goal like fat loss gives you direction and it keeps you focused and most people don't see maintenance as a goal and that's an issue because it's the ultimate goal and as I've said previously it's not that different to fat loss if you've taken a sensible approach 
as in if you're in like a moderate deficit. And then if you want to maintain your results, you need to maintain the behaviors that got you there. And then the second reason that's a bit harder is that more flexibility and more choices can often lead to a bit of choice overload. Now, during dieting, we often take some of these choices away, which tends to make the diet easier to stick to. Now, at maintenance, we have more flexibility and make more choices around food, which ironically makes it like harder to stick to because we actually have more of this flexibility. And then finally, the narrative that you're done when you reach your quote-unquote goal weight or physique, this isn't the end. It's when most people yo-yo back up because they think that the diet is finished. Well, sorry, but the diet, and, and by this time I mean like diet as in way of eating, exercising, living your life, is for the rest of your life. You don't trim a bush in your garden and expect to come back in a few months and it's exactly the same neatly trimmed bush. No, you need to maintain it if you want to maintain the outcome. This is also why if I just gave you your dream body, you would revert back to the body that you're in now based on the behaviors that you're taking now. Like you, the way that your body looks is dependent on the choices that you're making in your life day to day. Now, that's only, uh, the point I wanna make here as well is that that's within what your body looks like. If you do the exact same thing as me, you will not look like me. I know, like, it seems like an obvious thing to say, but some people kind of think that that's how it works. Like, there's genetics, there's limb length, there's training response. Like, there's so many things. And, like, you might even be a different race than I am. Like, of course you're not going to look like me, right? So it's it's within, like, what you would look like is based on the behaviours that you're taking, the actions that you're doing day to day. So if you want to make this diet, the next diet that you do, the last diet that you ever do, I cannot emphasize this enough, you need to commit to staying on for maintenance. This is one of the most common reasons that people put the weight back on. They lose fat, maybe they have a coach to lose fat and then they're like, okay, well, I'm done, I'm, I'm gonna leave now. And they leave before the hard part, which is maintenance. They've lost fat before, they probably didn't even need the coach for that, right? It helps for sure going to make it a lot easier and probably more enjoyable you probably don't need it actually what you need coaching for is maintenance that's the part you haven't nailed before and I would strongly recommend that if you're determined to get out of this yo-yo dieting cycle that you commit to staying with your coach for maintenance even and I know this is shocking but even if it's not me I know I know even if you're not working with me I still recommend you stay with your coach or a coach or, you know, the best coach, what? For maintenance. Now, being realistic, is there a financial cost to that? Yes. Yes, but it's actually not as costly financially or physically or emotionally as weight regain and dying again. Imagine you actually fix this once and for all, right? Like back to the kind of, I mean, but I say back to as if everyone's listened to every single episode of the podcast so they'll know. But sometimes I use an analogy, shocking again, I do love an analogy of putting a bucket under a leak as like a quick fix fad diet, right? So you've got a leak, you put a bucket under it and that fixes the problem short term. And hey, do you know what? It's a hell of a lot cheaper than getting a plumber in, but it's way less effective because you have to keep swapping that bucket, right? And you have to keep on top of it. And hey, maybe you're getting damage in your roof there as well. So that is going to cost you more 
long term and at some point you're still gonna have to get it fixed you can't live with a leak forever the same is true with your fat loss goals right it's actually better to get a plumber in or you know get a good coach in pay them to actually fix it not just put a bucket under it and solve that problem long term you will have to do this work at some point you can't put it off forever you need to learn to maintain you can't just keep putting different buckets under the tap the leak whatever if you feel ready to make this diet the last diet that you ever do head over to esgfitness.co.uk fill in the application form i will email you and if i'm not the right person i will refer you to somebody who is and if you found this useful please share it with someone else that you think might find it useful as well i would really appreciate it thank you for your time thank you for your attention i know that there are so many things that you could be giving your attention to and i genuinely am so appreciative of people that listen to the podcast especially those who share it and i hope that you have a lovely day